Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray to get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faiths built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. Can I get a good amen? amen. Now, I, I want to finish this up. There's still a whole lot in the school of destiny that uh, I really like is in my heart to teach. But uh, I, I feel like the Lord will give us another opportunity in his time and in his will to engage that. But there's, there's something I want to talk about today called unstable as water, you shall not excel. The power of focused living. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, we find an interesting perspective to the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Uh, we find something very interesting about how we should see the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says, Now these things happen to them as an example. Right? And they were written for our instructions upon whom the ends of the ages have come. It says this thing happened to them as an example. That means uh, sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we ought to see the Old Testament as an example. And from there, we receive what? Instructions. We receive guidance. We receive wisdom. Okay. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. And uh, we're going to read two verses, 3 and 5. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 3 to 5. Praise God. Genesis 49, 3 to 5. Now... In uh, the book of Genesis chapter 49, Jacob was about to die. This was his last, uh, you know, conversation with the children. He began to speak about their prophetic destiny. Began to talk to them about what's going to happen to them. Uh, let's read verse 1. Genesis 49 verse 1. It says, Then Jacob summoned his sons and said, Assemble yourselves that I may tell you what will befall you in the days to come. He was talking about their prophetic future. Or what we will call their destiny. Right. And let me explain something to you because I, I did and I've told you several times in this church that uh, Christianity most times is affected by the predominant culture. And you must know when to separate the predominant culture from what the Bible says. For instance, in the advent of Christianity, when Christianity started, there was a lot of Roman influence. All right? And then it moved on to the West. So you have a lot of Western influence uh, from Rome, then the, the British revival. You know, you had a lot of Western, then it went to the U.S. And you have a lot of American, you know, influence over Christianity. But uh, sadly, uh, in recent times, we've had a lot of African uh, influence. You know, uh, interestingly, you know, most times when I go to the U.S. to preach, uh, there is an expectation because... We've taken some of our messages and exported them, you know, so there's a lot of African influence when Christianity is mentioned. And the reason I say that is because when you hear the word destiny, because of our concept of destiny, we almost make it look like destiny is something you're not involved in. It's something, you know, God has just designed for you, and then, you know, someone can change your destiny, someone can replace your head. You know, they can take your star, give it to another star, and then give you diamond. You know, those, you know, excessive African magic stuff that, that we, we watch and bring to the pulpit. So, so, what we see about destiny is, I don't have control over it. I can't determine if I fulfill it. It's all left to God. Or if the witches have mercy on me, and they don't fight me so much, then it can happen. We don't, we don't see that concept. We don't see it in the scriptures. There's never, see, God will never judge you for what you don't have absolute control over. 
So if my destiny can be impacted by an external force, then why would God hold me accountable for the fulfillment of my destiny? No. Your destiny cannot be impacted by an by external force. It can only be impacted by an external force because you have operated in ignorance. Not ignorance of the external force, but ignorance of who you are in Christ. Say, Amen. Amen. Okay. So he told them, this was going to happen to you. And you would realize, if you have time, if we don't have the time now, but if you have time to study this, you realize that for every destiny he spoke over them, he talked about either their attitude or their character that will impact the destiny. So you could go read, read the whole of Genesis 49. It talks about their role. You see, you must come to the place in your life where you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I have a role to play in getting to where God wants me to. Not the government, not forces. No, you have a role to play. All right. So verse 2. Gather together here, O sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Starts with Reuben. Reuben. <laughs> You're my firstborn. Fantastic introduction. My might. And I'm, I'm just feeling like when he's doing all of this, Reuben just stroking his shoulders and say, Go, Papa, go. Tell them. And the beginning of my strength. Look at this character, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Perfect description of a young man. Then, verse 4, uncontrolled as water, you shall not have preeminence. Now, I don't want, to, I don't want us to focus on the sin that Reuben committed. My focus is not the sin. My focus is that phrase uncontrolled as water. Despite the fantastic possibilities in the life of Reuben, his father says, you shall not excel. Remember, this is telling them what will happen in the future. So from today, the father had already known that he will not excel. And he gave the reason uncontrolled as water, unstable as water. Child of God, if you lack focus in life, the devil does not have to fight you. You will not excel. I don't care what potentials, I don't care what you're earning right now, I don't care how intelligent you are, the lack of focus, the lack of control, the lack of discipline, the lack of boundaries will ruin your life. What was the right of the firstborn? Just write this down. What was the right of the firstborn? In Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 17, it talks about the right of the firstborn. Right? Double portion. And let me explain this to you. And I've said it here before. Right? When we talk about double portion in the scriptures, it's not two portions. Right? Uh-huh. Double portion is, <laughs> is the portion of the firstborn. Let me explain to you. What happens is the first portion goes to all, all the children and then another portion is given to the firstborn so he can use to take care of his brothers. That's why sometimes people, and I've taught this here, you can go when people say the firstborn is cost. The firstborn is not cost. In Africa here, the firstborn carries a lot of weight without the double portion. It's your own portion you are sharing. And I'm telling you, in those days when you were the firstborn, you were given your own, then you were given an extra portion so you can use to take care of your... Here, even your own portion is not enough. You now divide and they say you are cost. You are not cost. That's why you realize that those redeeming of the firstborn only happens to poor people. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, because that cost is broken by a little extra. I don't think anybody will look at my son now and say he's cost because he's a firstborn. No. But if I was struggling and he couldn't go to school and he's struggling to pay school fees, they'll say it's a cost. Some of the things we have taught as, as causes are just economic deprivation. And that's why you realize that immediately people prosper, they don't see the need for the church again because we have taught... Let's leave that. So it says, uncontrolled as water, you shall not excel. Uncontrolled as water, you shall not excel. 
So we discovered that Reuben, despite the possibilities in his life, despite the, 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 the grace in his life, despite the prophetic purpose in his life, the scripture says he will not excel. I, I want you to, 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 I want to go somewhere because I see that our time is so fast. Let me, let me explain this to you. Now, go to Genesis 1.9. Let me show you something. Genesis 1.9. Remember that phrase, uncontrolled as water. Go to Genesis 1.9. In creation, look at this. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place. Pay attention to that phrase. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. In creation, what did God do to the waters? He gathered all the waters into one place. He gathered all the waters into one place. The the Hebrew word for uncontrolled, which is unstable, in Genesis that we read, is from the word turbulence. Almost like boiling to the place of anger. And if you know, if you've used the kettle before to boil water, you realize that when it gets to a point where it boils, what happens? It starts spilling over. But in Genesis 1-9, we see something in creation. God gathered all the waters and gathered it into one place. When waters, when water is controlled, it becomes positive. Right? So, I'm not an engineer. But, how many of you know about hydroelectricity? Right? Hydro means water. You know what hydroelectricity is, right? Building of dams. Are we here? So, hydroelectricity didn't start just recently. The Romans used to use it. Right? Ancient Rome used to use, use it to turn their turbines for their wheat farms. So, what will happen? They would channel all the waters, build a dam, hit it on the turbine, and convert that to electricity. Now, pay attention. That water that is converted from hydroelectricity, that water that is converted now to hydroelectricity, is because it can generate power because it's focused. It's gathered in one place. If you read some translations, I think it's the NIV or the NLT. It says, let it flow into one place. Pay very close attention. So, those waters scattered all over is channeled into a dam and then it's powered and provides light. That same water, if it's let scattered, there'll be no light. It's like your torchlight. Your torchlight is only a strong light because it's focused. If light is focused, it becomes like a laser beam. It can cut through glass. It can be used to deal with cancer. Focus lights. Bringing all the energies of the light into one place. Right? You pick a, magni- a magnifying glass. Put a, put a paper under. And put the magnifying glass on the paper. And the sun rays brought into one place. That paper burns. Three examples. Natural examples to show you. That if there is no channeling of resource, there is no impact. If the waters of your life are not gathered in one place, there will be no light. If you are uncontrolled, give me that verse again. If you are uncontrolled, if you are unstable, you will not excel. You will not succeed. I like the ISV version. It says... But you are as undisciplined as a roaring river. So eventually, you won't succeed. And I like why it says eventually you won't succeed. Because when those waters are uncontrolled, it looks like it's not a big deal. The ISV version. I'm not sure you guys have that. But you are as, uh, as undisciplined as a roaring river. So eventually, you will not succeed. Three words. Discipline, boundaries, and focus. Discipline, boundaries, and focus. See, anytime you misplace these three words, you will not excel. Um, 
We have some of our churches in the Riverine area, and over time they go through flood, and you know the flood process in the country. And when, when that dam is in Cameroon, you know, they have to let waters go and everything. You know, our country is supposed to build a corresponding dam at the other side to trap those waters, and it's not there, and then the waters are left uncontrolled. And that's a flood. Flood is uncontrolled water. That's what flood is. Right? That's what a tsunami is. Right? That's why you see the boundaries of the river. If the, if the river stays within boundaries, you can do your beach, you can you do your everything, but immediately the river says, I don't want to stay here. It's trouble. The rain fell this morning. If you look around, you see everywhere is messed up. But rain can fall in some nations and everywhere is good. Why? Drainage. Gather the waters in one place. For some of us, our life is like that. When rain falls, it falls. There's no drainage. There's no gathering of water. Everything in our life is flawed. Money scattered. Relationships scattered. Emotions scattered. There is no drainage. There is nothing in our life that has even been built to contain trouble. So if you quarrel with your wife at home, your boss is impacted, your work is impacted, God, you don't pray to God that morning, you don't pay people, you are owing flood. That one quarrel floods your whole life. There is nothing in your life that can contain certain situations and say, you know what, this situation stays at this level and nothing else is destroyed. Gather the waters in one place. Saints, I don't care who lay hands on you. If you're not disciplined, you will fail. Drink all the anointing oil in this world. Climb all the mountains in this world. Uh, I don't know what else you want to do, but maybe you can mix it with a bit of prophetic. You will fail. Eventually, you will not succeed. You are where you are right now based on your level of discipline. Based on how you've controlled water. Now, I don't have the time, but I, I, I want to talk about I want to talk about one, there are many areas, about eight areas are listed, but I want to talk about one area that's, that we can use to refer to water. And that's time. That's time. The interesting thing about water is that when it's spilled, you can hardly gather it. Right? It's like when the tsunami happened in India then, and all those waters, I mean, there's no way you can gather it. It's just gone. Let's look at this resource called time. Let's look at this resource called time. Let's look at this resource, the power of focus living. Let's look at this resource called time. Come with me to Ephesians. Give me the amplified version. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible talks about redeeming the times for what? For the days are evil. Give me Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. I need the amplified version and I need the NLT version. Please, I want you to follow this message very carefully. It says, look at this. Let's look at the amplified, please. Look carefully then how you work. Live purposefully. Everybody say, live purposefully. Say it one more time. Say, live purposefully. And wordily and accurately. Note those three words. Purposefully, wordily, and what? Accurately. Not as unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, and intelligent people. So let's break that up. Right? Let's break that up. Intelligent people live how? How does intelligent people live? Number one, talk to me. Purposefully, wordily, accurately. Those three words define how who should live. Sensible, intelligent people. Complete it. How should they live? Sensible, intelligent people. So when I say you are wise, what I actually mean is that you're sensible and you're intelligent. Now it means that the proof of intelligence or the proof of having sense, the proof of intelligence is purposeful, accurately, and what? Worldly living. Accurately would tell me that there's some level of measurement. I cannot say something is accurate if I don't have measurement. 
Which tells me that the man who is intelligent is the man who's got measurement in certain areas of life. Because how will I know if he's accurate if I don't have a measurement? So it tells me that the, the thing about purpose is not just that, that a man is living, but he's living accurately according to a template. That template would be his destiny. Okay? So where is all this conversation leading? Are you following me? Just want to be sure. Are you following me? Alright, next verse. Making, go back to verse 16. So, look at it. Look carefully then how you work. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. There's a comma there. So, that statement is not finished. So, it's, it's telling us how this can happen. Am I, are we together? Alright. So, continue. There's a comma there. Making the very most of the time. Which means... When he was talking about living purposefully, accurately, and intelligently, he was talking of time. So it tells me, therefore, that how a man uses his time will define if the man is wise or foolish. So that means a man who knows the will of God for his life is conscious of time. That's why you will hear Jesus says, I will walk while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. Accurate measurement of when he should walk. Okay. <laughs> Making the very most of the time, what did he say? Buying up each opportunity. That means when opportunity comes, you're buying it up. Uh, NLT. NLT. New Living Translation. Quickly. Okay. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise. That means he was writing to Christians. This was not a, verse, this was not a, a letter to unbelievers. That means a man can be born again and live like a fool. It's Bible. Are you hearing me? It says, do not live like fools. That means there are people who live like fools. But it says, don't be that. How do fools live? Next verse. Making the most of every opportunity. So when you don't make the most of every opportunity, it's foolish living. The resource of time. Okay. Two things you can, three things you can do with time. Three things you can do with time. If you go to Luke chapter, uh, the scripture I quoted was um, John 9, 4. Walk the work of God while it's day for the night cometh where no man can walk. If you look at Luke chapter 4, verse 43, the Bible says I must go to other cities for that purpose, for that's the reason which I was sent. All right? So Jesus always walked with time. You know, as I was bringing over this message in the last couple of days in my heart, I just told myself, you know what? We need to just ask God for mercy how we've used our time. Praise God. Three things you can do with time. Just follow me. Number one, time is used for the accumulation of knowledge. The accumulation of knowledge. That's reception of knowledge. Use it to receive knowledge. Number two, Time is used for the dispensing of knowledge, the, the sharing of knowledge. And number three, time is used for executing knowledge, acting on knowledge. So you use time to receive knowledge, you use time to dispense knowledge, and you use time to do what? To execute what you've learned. Now, your time in life is going to border around these three things. Let me, give you a, let me give you a practical example. How many of you are engineers here? Let me see. You're an engineer. Okay. Study engineering. Okay. How many of you are teachers? You teach in school. Not uh, teaching because there's no... You studied education. That's why. How many of you studied education? All right. Okay. Uh, how many of you are... What, what other profession do we have? Do we have a doctor in this church? If we don't have a doctor, we should go and borrow one doctor today. Okay. Oh, we have doctors. Okay. Fantastic. So... Eight years in medicine, five years in engineering, 
I'm assuming. Engineering should be five years, right? Okay. Then uh, education, four years. Ah, we are, they just, they just send us out quickly. Right? So that souls will not perish. So you used four years to accumulate knowledge and then you use the remaining part of your life to dispense that knowledge. Right? So it tells me that the quality of what a man is executing and dispensing is based on what he has accumulated. Which means that if the enemy wants to tamper with your destiny, for lack of better words, what he will do is to send wrong information. And make you, pay attention, make you use your time to accumulate a wrong information. Which means that a man that is going to fulfill purpose must learn information management. You can watch everything, you can listen to everything, because you're using your precious time to accumulate knowledge that you are either going to share or you're going to act on. Can I tell you something? If I sit every one of us down and have a one-on-one conversation with every one of us, all of you know how to succeed. You know where the difference is? Execution. How many of us had goals in January? How many of us know where that goal paper is now? Execution. Can I tell you what's going to happen? January, you're going to set new goals. Oh, I can trust you. I, I trust you to do that. To give yourself a fresh start every time. But you know why you always do not maintain the fresh start? Uncontrolled as water. Your time. I want you to begin to see your time as a precious resource. And a content creator sits back in their studios, find what is going to tickle your fancy, and releases it. What happens? You get on it. You're hooked. You're addicted. And what happens? Your time is going into two things. Number one, your time is going into accumulating a knowledge that's not necessarily important for your destiny. Hold on, follow me please. I really want you to follow this message. Don't miss it. So your time goes into dragging in in that content thing into your mind. Then when it's time to share knowledge, what are you sharing? Come on, tell me now. What are you sharing? The content. Right? Now, that content, it's only valuable to the content creator. To you, it's not valuable. Because as far as you're not the content creator, that thing is not bringing you money. Meanwhile, the content creator is getting wealthy because to him, that content he has created is value. But you now take out of your precious time and feed on that and there's no value coming out and there's nothing to execute with your time and you wonder why you're not fulfilling purpose. With everything you know, should you be where you are now? With how intelligent you are, Ruben. How bright you are. The books you've read. The courses you've attended. The fasting. Some of you angels have appeared to you. God has spoken to you. Should you be where you are? Answer is no. So why are you where you are? Controlled passion. And let me tell you, I know we don't want to agree that we're getting old. I don't know. I know we want to. We don't want to agree that time is going, but it is. The value of your time. Malcolm Gladwell, outliers, talked about the 10,000 hours. Putting 10,000 hours into something. You hit the break. Your time. Why do you think athletes control when they sleep, what they eat? Why do you think so? 
Have you seen some of the former footballers who had retired? You see how, how big they are? In fact, one of the former footballers got very angry because another one referred to him that was very big. The question is, what happened? Listen, they left their routine. Let me tell you something, right? If you're going to be successful in life, you have to have a routine that is unbreakable. See, nobody becomes a star in life without a routine. When you get up, when you read, when you pray, when you study, and you have to build it in such a way that your friends, your families respect that routine. Nobody becomes a star without a routine. That's why footballer is told you can't eat this. Waters are gathered. Eh? A footballer cannot just walk into the, the, the fast food and say, it's been long, I eat burger. Even the ones that suffered, when they tell you their story, they suffered. They don't compensate their suffering by being foolish. They go to the gym at a particular time. They don't always feel like going to the gym. This your life you have left to your feelings. You're on your way to failure. I, I don't just feel like praying. I don't just feel like reading the word. I just feel like relaxing. I just want to relax. I just want to relax. No problem. And you are the one that when it's time to pray, you almost like you want to choke God's neck. Father, Father, Father. What will God do for you again apart from Jesus that he has sent? What else? Let me ask you a question. What else do you really think God should do for you that you don't know to do? If I ask you, when last did you confess the word? You scratch your head. When last did you pray? You scratch your head. When last did you fast? You scratch your head. When last did you read a book? You will scratch your head. What can God now do with you? That position you are trusting God to give to you, if they give to you, what value will you bring to the board? What value? You just want to have money so that when you go to parties, you will spray money. You see, you see, you see where I'll say what you have been watching? Because it's only in, a, in, a, in a, an insane society like ours that people go to party and behave like that. That is why your concept of breakthrough is to be having people have handbags around you. And they're just saying, Shemo, Shemo, Shemo. That's your concept of breakthrough. And it's because you, your mind has been filled with falsehood. So you do not think breakthrough as creativity, but foolish living. If I tell people now, what do you want God to do for you? Few people will ask for wisdom. More money. To live a soft life. What's their concept of soft life? Get up in the morning with bathrobe, you know, whole wine, have somebody doing pedicure, have somebody doing manicure, have somebody massaging their leg, so I just come for the soft life. It, it does not cross their mind that everything they are doing or using for that soft life, a human being like them produced it. What have you produced in your life? What solution have you offered to the company you are working in? What, what? So you are a young man, and you are using your precious time to chase for love. Hmm? Everything in your head is romance. <laughs> Writing poem, you are making calls, you are, you know, looking for pet names, everything. That's just you, that's you. Why? Because everywhere you turn, you are seeing an advert. If you want to go six hours, if you want to go nine hours, if you want to go ten hours, if your manhood is not working, everywhere you go on social media, Every advert, there's one drug to take, there's something to take, there's this one to take, because all our lives is that as we are married, we hit the ground running. Ten hours, nine hours, six hours, seven hours. We are not joking here, we are serious. That's what you see. Or, you're just seeing some comedy things going on. And life to you looks like a joke. 
So you laugh about everything. You laugh about your poverty. You laugh, laugh about your, your non-creation of value. Life is just fun for you. Just chillax. Just relax. What will be, will be. Just Life is just fun. And there's no sense of a man who is racing against time. That even when Jesus came to this world, God gave him three and a half years to get his mission done. And every time Jesus walked the streets of Galilee, he was conscious that his time would soon be over. I read a book. Let me check for the name. I forgot the name already a long time ago. They interviewed a hundred and... Is he here? They interviewed a hundred. It's called the gift. Life is a gift. They interviewed 104 terminally ill patients. A terminally ill patient means the patient that the doctor has said, come on, you have six months to live. They all gave one answer. What was their regret? The regret was this. So many people realized too late that there was a significant gap between the things they ought to be doing in their lives and the thing they actually did. That was the one regret. A hundred and four sick people on their deathbed had one regret. That what they actually should be doing in life, they didn't do it. Can I tell you something? It might look very harsh. But if a doctor looks at you in the face now and tells you how many years you have to live, you will reorder your life. See, that book you have not written, you will get it done. That song will come out. Those many charts you have, you reduce them. Your family, you would have time for them. If we live like we have the whole of life ahead of us, and we don't. Uncontrolled as water, not excel. So what should you do? Number one, you want to tell yourself, I want to use my time to acquire the right information. Why don't you have time to read? You know, I like, I like my little daughter. It might be extreme, but, but I like her reading habits. Save her food in the morning, there's a book. She's reading, and she's good. You go to her restroom, as she goes to the restroom, there's a book. Better. Better than no book at all. Some of you are the thought of book TV. You know, many people don't like our Sunday school. Because the Sunday school they like is the one where they will just be arguing. Uh, okay, women should not tie hair. If you say women should not a hair, the one that they will read book, no. That's why it's about sometimes when we come on Sunday. How many of you have read? Ah, I don't like that one. What if it is it apple or beetroot or tiger nut? I want to know because it, you know that one. You know Timothy calls it <laughs> stories that breed confusion. What is in this Bible that 10 years of Christianity you have not read it from Genesis to Revelation? What's difficult here? You solved science in school. What is in Leviticus you cannot understand? Why do false prophets strive? Because saints will not open the book. Listen. You've got three, months, three more months before this year ends. Make them your best months. Don't pray for 11th hour miracle from today. Plan that the next three months I will live accurately. I will live worthily. Listen, the time has come in your life where people who don't deserve your time, you don't have to give them your time. No is a good language. Are you available for this? Sorry, not available. The desire to be liked by everyone is the start of becoming unstable. There are associations you need to pull out from. You know, I, I, I applied to lecture in a Bible school, so, and then I really wanted to do it. And then they sent me, they said, oh, fine, you can come in, would, would like to take you. <laughs> then I looked at my schedule and everything, so I wrote them back and I said, no, no, I'm not. I won't be able to do it again. You know, I've got some more assignments coming up next year. You know, so I was telling Pastor Mary, they wrote me, <laughs> they wrote me back yes, uh, last week. And he said, we know your schedule is everything, everything. Tell us how everything can fit into what we're doing. Then I realized something. Two things. I realized something. Because I applied for this maybe three years ago. So I realized something. 
that in the last three years, right? Now, I mean, with all respect to the school, I applied to them and it was like they were going to do me a favor, which is really, really like, that's it. It's something I really wanted. Even folks in the I really wanted it. But I realized that because I've grown over the last three years, by the time they processed all the applications, thousands of applications, and they checked and everything, now that I want to pull out, they've seen that my value have grown over the last three years. They want me now at my time. There's nothing you are chasing for in this world that will not come to you where you are seated if you increase your value. Nothing. Whether it's traveling abroad, there are people that they are sending them letters as we speak and say, come to this place. This is your ticket. This is where you are staying. This is your food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They will need you there. Instead of applying for visa and coming here to raise hand and raise leg and say, Father, let it be done. Oh, Father, touch the visa. Relax, relax. Value is zero. As your value increases, the demands on your life will increase. Let's, I don't know how to put this. You have to be valuable. And let me tell you something about life. All those your friends, all those your friends you are hanging around right now, the day they become valuable, you realize that the truth of the matter is that our own and my own is not the same. I heard it from Bishop Wade about many years ago. He said, our own and my own is not the same. Your time. Your time. Unstable as water. Instead of Reuben to use his time to create value, he used his time to go and sleep with his father's wife. That was his undoing. He had time. But what did he use the time for? You, you are where you are today because of what you're using your time for. Praise God. You know, we had some internet issues yesterday at home. So I was just telling Pastor Mary, oh, I've not. And that's why sometimes you need to, you need, if you have people around you that are, that are concerned about your destiny, don't let those people go. You know, I wanted to go and sleep. It was around 10, 10 40 something. I wanted to go and sleep. So he said, Have you tidied up your mess? I said, I need to still study it. I wanted to study this hydroelectric stuff. I just wanted to study it. So I said, Oh, I need to study something about regeneration of it. He said, Why are you coming to sleep? I said, Internet is not working. I'll wake up early. He said, No, Internet is working in the office. You know, I <laughs> said, Internet is working in the office. Because she knows I like to read about everything. Even if I'm not going to talk about it, I, I like to read about everything I'm teaching. So I came to the office around 2 11 and I didn't leave till like 1 a.m. Now, she could have just said, You have tried. I bet my dear, come, let's cuddle. <laughs> I don't know if rain fair yesterday night. I think rain fair. Right? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. You must have people around you who your fulfillment of destiny is more important to them than your personal comfort. And that is why I've told singles here. That man you are following because he's spending money. He just spends without budget. I just like my guy. He wants to just say, I need ice cream. You just say, which color, baby? No problem. <laughs> my note is full. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. When you are married, don't complain that he does not live by budget. Because what was pleasure to you in courtship will become pain to you in marriage. He said, you are buying too much ice cream. You say, you are changing me. Is this not how you met me? So, why you, so you should ask him that, why is it that every time I ask for something, you don't refer to your budget? It looks like love. Until you now realize when children's school fees have come, the guy has bought his you. <laughs> now, I mean, are you hearing what I'm saying? When I was going now with Pastor Mary, it was clear. The yogurt I can buy is 15 naira. Once in two weeks. Ah. That is why you are sitting in this kind of church. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? It might look like, ah, you are too harsh. But that is why God can trust us with the level of resources he's trusting us with now to do things in the nations of the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know. Say it's because you are married. No problem. You know, there are people who earn millions and cannot account. 
unstable as water, you shall not excel. Child of God, there is no cause on your life except a self-inflicted cause of indiscipline. There's nobody against your destiny except you. There's no one fighting you except your instability. How do you open your eyes and watch your life real? Because of your emotions. There, there are levels of ignorance you should not carry into the next year. Even in your workplace, be the best. Create value. Use your time. See, when you go to work, give that time you're giving to your work. Give it to your work. So that if you put your resignation later tomorrow, your boss will call you and say, come, come, let's have a conversation. What do you want? You know this? There are many of us now that if we put our resignation later, the boss will check if you have gone. When he's gone, he will do legwork. Ah! Finally. You know, <laughs> do you realize Jacob, when he wanted to leave Laban, you know what Laban said? He said, tell me what you want. He said, say, tell me. Laban said, I don't want anything. Say, when shall I provide for my own house? Timing. Timing. Even in that your career you are building, there should be strategic time. For some of you, you should not wait until they sack you. Tell yourself, at so, 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 so time, I need to leave. Hmm? That's why, I mean, I like Sir Alex Ferguson. I got all his books on leadership. He's one of the finest leaders. That he just knew when to say it's okay. Hmm? Before you now lose a match and before you get to the boss, they are, <laughs> they are put on Twitter. Coach out. What will happen if you decide to remain focused for the next five years? What will change in your life? What about if you read one hour every day? For 362 days, 365 days, you have 365 hours of intentional education. What about if you shift your life from entertainment to education? What will happen? What about even if you want to be entertained? What about if you're deliberate about it? as opposed to allowing the world choose what entertainment is to you. What about if you deliberate about that choice? I'd like you to bring more control to your time. More control. More control. Are you still here? Bring more control to your time. Bring more control to your time. And the beautiful thing about life is that whether you control your time or not, time is going. It'll keep going. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Pastor and I said, I was talking to someone and I said, ah, this, this, this person is getting old. I was looking at the person and I said, this person is getting old. So I asked her, do you think that's how people are looking at us too? He said, yes, so that's how people are looking at us. <laughs> time is going. What about if you're deliberate about your use of time? Let me close here. Discipline, boundaries, and control. I'll just read three things and then I'll close. Number one, just listen. Passion for our destiny, our life vision includes having an aggressive approach to scheduling our time. Many think of themselves as having passion for their destiny, but they are casual about how they spend their time. They have not seen the strong connection between their destiny and their schedule of time or time management. People who squander their time squander their life. People who are aimless with their time do not fulfill their destiny. The next one, some people see time management as legalism instead of seeing it as a passion for their destiny. The third point, evenings and weekends are the time when most spiritual losses occur. Use your weekend, use your evenings to strengthen your spiritual life instead of diminishing it. I'd like to beg you. We are approaching another year. You need to shift your life to the next phase. You need to shift your life to the next gear. And I, I, I had eight areas I wanted to deal with. Finances is there. Uncontrolled finances. 
relationships, uncontrolled relationships. But I need you to take this School of Destiny series, go back over it again, and don't forget Genesis 1-9. The Lord gathered all the waters and put it in one place. So I want to beg you, make a conscious decision that the next 24 hours of your life will count towards fulfilling destiny. You're going to be intentional about what you read. You're going to be intentional about what you watch. You're going to be intentional about your use of time. When the Lord started dealing with me about this, one of the things I just did was I went online, checked every... It took me, took me almost a month. Checked every handle I follow. Checked everything I follow. And just ensure that I want to intentionally follow these people. I want to intentionally see their news feed. And whatever I didn't deem was okay, just take it out. I've got to control the information that comes because the information that comes is the information that I will dispense. The information I dispense is the information that I will execute. You can use your time to override poverty. You can use your time to override lack of value. If you would give time to your brain, it will give you value, it will give you wealth. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for the precious gift of 24 hours that you've given to every one of us. And Lord, we ask that you would help us not to live as unwise men, not to live as fools, but as wise men. Buying the most, making the most of every opportunity. Lord, I ask that you would help us maximize our time accurately and appropriately. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.